Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sincere Yogi Podcast. We are going to continue our conversation of all things asana, diving deeper into yin and restorative yoga. In the last episode, I did touch base on what yin and restorative yoga are in a very general term. So I talked about some of the similarities, some of the differences, Because yin and restorative yoga are similar in nature and yin is inherently restorative, they do tend to get confused or grouped together in a lot of studios and studio-based classes. However, both yin and restorative yoga have their own origin and their own respective philosophies to that practice. They were both created by two separate people and came into popularity by different groups of people. So it is important to know the differences between the two. Now we're going to start off with yin because yin is one of my favorites. I teach yin, I practice yin, not so much anymore, but I do think especially if you're practicing something heavy in strength, heavy in dynamic movement, that it's really good once a week to throw in a more yin or restorative style practice to give your body that active rest, but also receive the benefits of a quieter practice of stillness. Now, that being said, brief review of yin yoga. Yin yoga uses Chinese medicine as its philosophy when it comes to the energetic body. This means that yin yoga focuses on the meridian system, which are the energetic pathways in the body that are mapped out differently than the nadis, which are the energetic pathways in yogic philosophy. So we deal with the meridian system instead. And energy is referred to as chi or ki. In yin yoga, you hold postures for several minutes, anywhere from 3 to 15. The first few minutes focus on softening up the muscles, and the next few minutes will focus on the deeper connective tissue, the tendons, the ligaments, working into the fascia, working into the major joints of the body. It's a very passive practice, but it can still be very intense as these deeper connective tissues are very tough. So moving into them when we have a lot of tension or maybe scar tissue can provide some interesting sensations, and that's where the power of the breath comes into play. Now, on the other hand, restorative yoga is still a passive practice. There isn't as much emphasis on the joints, nor is there this huge emphasis on the connective tissue. Restorative yoga is supported with props, 
The postures are still held for long periods of time, but we're not seeking to find our physical maximum. So we don't work into that deeper connective tissue like we do in yin. In fact, the focus of restorative yoga is more about the subtle body systems. Tuning into the energetic body, restorative follows the nadis and follows prana, tuning into the mental, emotional body, and finally into that quiet, casual body, that deep inner body of stillness and pure consciousness. Now, the subtle body systems are something that is heavily focused on in all yoga asana, but so often left out of the room when it comes to teaching because there's just so much to unpack and you really don't start to understand them fully until you've experienced them within your own body. Now, I do have a course regarding the subtle body systems up on Insight Time. It's an audio course, part theory, part practice. Theory portion is very similar to this podcast where we'll discuss key concepts about the subtle body. And then the practice portion puts it into practice with pranayama, guided meditation, and yoga nidra. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested in learning more about the subtle body systems. Regardless of if you practice yin or restorative, this is valuable information that can help you with any style of yoga asana, really any lineage of yoga as well. So if you do tend to gravitate more towards the introspection and meditation, this can absolutely be a great key or a great tool to help you uncover some of those deeper internal experiences brought about through the practice of yoga. Now, those are some of the similarities and differences of restorative and yin. Holly Zink is the, I guess you could say, creator or founder or popularizer of yin yoga. Polly Zink was taught yoga and martial arts along with Taoist philosophy. So that's where that element then of Chinese medicine really starts to influence yin yoga. It's said that Polly Zink's master, Master Cho, taught Polly Zink both yoga and martial arts every day for months for six to seven hours a day. His yoga and his martial arts was very much so rooted in Taoist philosophy, and that's where we start to see the Chinese medicine aspects come into play as well. Pauli Zink's yoga practice was more so focused on building flexibility, and my assumption was that that flexibility aided in his martial arts practice, and his martial arts was very much so where his strength came from. So now we have this very passive approach to yoga asana that's taught to Pali Zink that coincides with Taoist philosophy, and that snowballs the creation of yin yoga. Now, whether or not Master Cho came up with these postures, or maybe Master Cho's masters, or maybe Pali Zink took his liberties with it when he started teaching his students— we don't really know, but what we do know is that it was Polly Zink's students, Paul Grilly and Sarah Powers, to name a few, that started to take the yoga postures, the passive approach to postures, and the philosophies of Chinese medicine, and started to teach the yoga separately from the martial arts. 
So really, it was PolyZinc's students that started to popularize yin yoga. Now, restorative yoga was created by Judith Lassiter. I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. I own a few of her books. I hope that's how you pronounce her last name. Judith Lassiter has studied or had studied with BKS Iyengar. Now, BKS Iyengar, as we know, has a heavy emphasis on accessibility, on alignment, and building your way up into strength and flexibility. Postures are very heavily supported to support the students in their goals, whether it be strength, whether it be flexibility. I am always so surprised when I look up an Iyengar variation of a posture because it seems like there's 50 different variations of one posture using a chair or a bolster or a common household object like a table. They get really creative with their use of props in Iyengar yoga. So it's no wonder that we then start to find a more restorative style of practice where postures are often supported by the use of props. Now, in Iyengar yoga, you're not relaxing into your props. You're still using your props to build that strength, body awareness, and flexibility. So it's still active postures with the use of props. But in restorative yoga, we go to restful postures with the use of props, passive postures with the use of props. The goal of restorative yoga, unlike the goal of yin yoga, was not to build that flexibility and strength, but to assist in the body's natural healing process when it comes to illness and injury. Now, both of these respective practices started around the 1970s, and like I said, we have Polly Zink's students, Paul Grilly and Sarah Powers, writing their own books, teaching their own students, teaching workshops and trainings in yin yoga. And then we have Judith Lassiter, who is a student of BKS Iyengar, spinning Iyengar's approach to a more passive, restorative approach, to a more passive approach, aiding in the body's recovery process, hence the term restorative yoga. Judith Lassiter has written dozens of books. Actually, I don't know if she's written dozens, but she's written a lot of books. Judith Lassiter is a very well-known yoga teacher within the yoga community. She's opened studios and places of study. She's written eight or nine books, some of which are some of my favorites, including Living Your Yoga. Highly recommend. I'll link it below. It's another good resource on the yamas and niyamas. I think I talked about it in season one. But she also has a book about restorative yoga and has led trainings. So both of the respective practices have different purposes, have different philosophies. Once again, similar in approach, but I do think it's important to keep them separate practices because they do have separate histories and overall very different intentions with what you're trying to do within the yoga asana. Another practice that often gets grouped in with restorative yoga or yin yoga is yoga nidra. Yoga Nidra is a practice that can be taken in a restorative yoga posture, but is typically a practice taken in Shavasana. Yoga Nidra, some people will say, is an active sleep. 
which is not entirely true to its intention, but it can be a very restful, restorative practice. Yoga Nidra was founded or popularized, because this is a case of we don't know if he found it or if his teacher taught him, but it was popularized by Swami Satyananda and actually not even popularized by him, but once again one of his students, but it was brought to light by Swami Satyananda. Swami Satyananda is a very common name within the yoga community as he was a very prominent figure back in the 1940s and 1950s. He even went to Woodstock. He spoke at peace conferences and led a very spiritual life. Now, there are allegations of abuse from Swami Satyananda. Very unfortunate. We talked about this in previous episodes as well, and we're going to dedicate a whole episode two red flags that you can look for in your yoga teachers to avoid misconduct yourself. That aside, Swami Satyananda has written a few books. He did translate the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, and that's one of his most popular books that you will see on Yogi's bookshelves today. While Yoga Nidra is referred to as this wakeful sleep, it's really not intended to be restorative to the body. It's intended to build focus and a deep internal awareness. It very much so uses the mental body, one of the five koshas talked about in my audio course, using the mental body and the focus of the mind to move into the more subtle aspects of the energetic body, emotional body, so on and so forth. Now, its popularity and practice stemmed from students' increased focus and ability to learn. In fact, Swami Satyananda used Yoga Nidra to help teach his younger, more restless students who had a hard time sitting still and memorizing. He used Yoga Nidra to help teach them Sanskrit and their mantra. So he would get his students in this meditative, focused space of stillness, that wakeful sleep, and then he would start to recite the mantra. And of course, the more he did this, the more receptive his students were to learning that mantra themselves. So while yes, there's restorative qualities to yoga nidra because you do go into a calm, restful state, the initial intention or how it was initially used and studied by Swami Satyananda, who did study yoga nidra at length and wrote a whole book on yoga nidra, which I will also link below. But in that book, he talks about his use of yoga nidra for focus and learning purposes. The belief is that when you are in that more restful, receptive space, you are more open and likely to learn things that may be more challenging when you are in a wakeful, restless state. So if you read that book, you'll notice that his cues for Yoga Nidra are very, very specific, almost silly cues, bringing your awareness to very specific parts of your body like your big toe or your ring finger. And tracking this path of travel, tracking this awareness throughout your body at a moderate pace so that your mind doesn't have time to linger too long or wander too 
far. Nowadays, yoga nidra is typically grouped in as a restorative practice and often taken as an alternative to shavasana as like a 10 to 15 minute guided meditation that can also be taken within a restorative yoga posture. So you can see that yin yoga, restorative yoga, yoga nidra, they all carry very similar aspects, slowing down, finding stillness, diving deep within, but they have different intentions and different modalities of doing so. I hope that this helped clear up some of the similarities, differences, history, and whatnot of these practices, yin, restorative, and yoga nidra, and we are almost done with season two of the Sincere Yogi podcast, which is wild, but we still have a few more episodes to get to before moving on to season three, so stay tuned, and I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at The Sincere Yogi on Instagram.